0: Hi, it's J.P. Mac and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Hello everybody and once again I am J.P. Mac, your humble host. The government is bringing back central planning, you know, because it's worked so well every other time it's been tried. Not for nothing, but central planning is a feature of both fascism and communism. Just saying. The Biden regime continues to wage war on fossil fuels with its new proposed edicts regulating gas-powered furnaces. This will add to the cost of such items. For what benefit and to whom? We will discuss this, of course, on the podcast. And I will refer you to this article in Justin News, uh, John Solomon's Justin News, the federal government plans to regulate nearly every appliance in your home. And I think that uh, headline just about says it all. It Continu- continues The Joe Biden administration continues to use executive authority to regulate popular household appliances at an unprecedented level with claims that their changes will save consumers money and help slow climate change and its alleged effects on the environment. Though the latest set of restrictions the administration is mandating is for gas-powered furnaces, that is only the latest And far from the last. According to the current federal unified agenda, a government-wide semi-annual list that highlights regulations agencies plan to propose or finalize within the next 12 months, the Biden administration is additionally moving forward with rules impacting dozens more appliances, according to Fox News. The Federal Unified Agenda is a complex chart that lists the plans and proposals in rather obscure terms. The Unified Agenda for just Department of Energy changes and proposals is very revealing in itself. Quote, Over the last several months, the Department of Energy, DOE, has unveiled standards to make various appliances more efficient and experts have said this would worsen product quality and lead to higher prices, according to Fox Digital. It's just spreading to more and more appliances. It seems that almost everything that plugs in or fires up around the house is either subject to a pending regulation or soon will be. Ben Lieberman, a senior fellow at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, told Fox News Digital in an interview. Consumers aren't going to like any of it. These rules are almost always bad for the consumers for the simple reason that they restrict consumer choice. Anybody who wants to choose the more eco-friendly versions of appliances is always free to do so. But these rules force that choice on everyone, whether it makes sense for them or not, Lieberman added. Almost all of these appliance standards raise the upfront cost. It's not clear that you'll ever earn that back in the form of energy or water savings. In December, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm announced that the administration had taken 110 actions on energy efficiency standards in 2022 alone. She claimed that the regulations strengthened U.S. leadership in, quote, the race towards a clean energy future. Here is a partial list of both recent and soon-to-be regulated appliances, gas stoves, ovens, Clothes washers, refrigerators, refrigerator freezers, freezers, air conditioners, dishwashers, pool pumps, battery chargers, ceiling fans, dehumidifiers, microwave ovens, portable electric spots, air compressors. And that, of course, is just some of the things that the Biden regime is interested in regulating in the name, supposedly, of saving you money. So they're going to cost you more money up front so that you save more money over time. I think that is supposed to be the logic that they're using there. And so, as always, with the Democrats and the status the government knows better than you. And so some expert that you never uh, voted for, never saw on an election ballot at uh, Granholm, um and her agency has decided that they're going to take it upon themselves to raise these efficiency standards and thereby raising the cost of these items. And the supposed for the supposed sake of saving you some money, um, again, it's not clear if you're going to save as much money as you will be spending uh, an additional cost because of these uh, new regulations. So once again, the uh, the people in charge, the Democrats, the statists, uh, feel that they know better than you or I about... Uh, what we need in terms of uh, home heating and air conditioning and uh, cooking our food. Um, This of course you know comes on the heel of uh, efficiency standards being announced for uh, gas ovens and a lot of states have mandated or several states have mandated that no new homes will be allowed to have uh, gas ovens in them and so that is all part of their um, deindustrialization effort for uh, the United States and the rest of the West. Uh, This is further proof that you are not real to them, the collectivists. The true purpose of your sacrifice is to make neurotic collectivists feel good about themselves. Anne Rand spoke at length about this mindset in her book, The Virtue of Selfishness, uh, portions of which I will read to you now. And so this is uh, from Anne Rand's book, The Virtue of Selfishness, uh, something that I've referred to. If you've been a follower of the podcast for a while, you know. Uh, I make frequent reference uh, to this book and uh, Ayn Rand's work, works in general, and so this is coming from the chapter uh, called "Collectivize Ethics." Uh, just basically giving you the rationale that the collectivists have for doing what they are doing, trying to micromanage our lives, and. So she states, uh, humility and presumptuousness are always two sides of the same premise and always share the task of filling space vacated by self-esteem in a collectivized mentality. And so I just want to stop right there. And she says, uh, humility and presumptuousness presumptuousness uh, are always two sides of the same premise. Well, I would kind of modify that to say that with collectivist humility and presumptuousness, well, you understand, are always two sides of the same premise. Um, So, Like Humility, I would say, is a virtue in and of itself, uh, or at least there's nothing uh, per se that's wrong with a little bit of humility. Uh, I think some of our leaders uh, honestly could use a little bit more humility, particularly those who uh, would deign themselves our superiors and would... um, Try and attempt to rule over us and micromanage our lives with, for instance, what sort of appliances we can use in our own homes. And so, anyway, um, with that in mind, state, try and get this right again. Humility and presumptuousness are always two sides of the same premise and always share the task of filling the space vacated by self-esteem in a collectivized mentality. The man who is willing to serve as the means to the ends of others will necessarily regard others as the means to his ends. The more neurotic he is, or the more consciousness, he is in practice of altruism, and these two aspects of his psychology will act reciprocally to reinforce each other, the more he will tend to devise schemes, quote, for the good of mankind or society or of the public or of future generations. Or of anything except actual human beings. And so what she's talking about here is you have these neurotic collectivists, um, we would call them, sometimes we would call them do-gooders, uh, in order to assuage their need to do good and rationalize their control of, of us um, they have, to, they have to rationalize that they're doing it for the good of others. And so this is, you know, she's saying that, you know, the neurotic he is or the more conscientious in the practice of altruism and these two aspects of his psychology will act reciprocally to reinforce each other, the more he will tend to devise schemes for the good of mankind etc and so she's saying that the more need that the two things are related the need the need to control people and the need to um, do good Um, so again these are she's talking about neurotic people that or, you know in order to assuage their neurosis neuroses um, they rationalize why they're using the power and exercising the power of others in the name of the collective or in name of the greater good and she goes on to say hence the appalling recklessness with which men propose discuss and accept "...humanitarian projects which are to be imposed by political means, that is, by force, on an unlimited number of human beings. If, according to the collectivist caricatures, the greedy rich indulge in profligate material luxury on the premise of the price-no-object... Then the social progress brought by, today's, brought by today's collectivized mentalities consists of indulging in an altruistic political planning on the premise of human lives, no object. And so that's why I say, and I've said before in a number of other articles and episodes um, that you can look up. That these you are not real to them. That you are just a notional person. You are just a figure on a spreadsheet for them, because they don't associate the that you have to spend more of your hard-earned money, say, on a gas furnace. Or, you know, you have to spend more money paying for electricity rather than being able to cook on a natural gas stove. They don't associate those two things with the hardships they necessarily bring on. And again, when they say, well, you don't need air conditioning or you don't need as much air conditioning, you know, they, they you know, these are... Uh, people mainly, you know, WEF WF types, um, Klaus Schwab types, that are never going to feel the effects of their own policies because they are insulated uh, financially and economically and socially from having to deal with the consequences. Now, the ones who have to deal with the actual consequences for these, I would say, foolish policies... regular folks like you and I Um, you know they don't care that we have to pay more uh, to heat up each meal if we have to use an electric stove versus a natural gas stove or if we have to use electricity versus you know uh, gas heating they're not concerned with those things because again in their neurotic collectivist nature they need to feel good about themselves and the fact you know that's all that they, that they're worried about in the end is that they get to feel good about themselves they get to rationalize their exercise of power over the individual um, because well because of two things again it's the neurotic obsession of you know I know best, and I want to help the people, and I'm the only one, or we're the only ones who know how to do it, and therefore, you just uh, shut up, sit down, and shut up, and take it, because we know what's best for you, and this comes at the heart of progressivism and all of the collectivist um, um, Ideologies such as socialism, communism, and of course fascism. Now, when we talk about uh, these things that they're doing, um, like micromanaging how we can use uh, gas boilers or how what kind of boiler we can use and what kind of stove we can use, when they do sort of that sort of micromanagement that gets into a level of statism that kind of approaches fascism. Um, you know, everybody when they think of fascism, they always think of, you know, the, the black shirts or the brown shirts running down the street, kicking down doors and pulling people out of their homes and stuff like that. But really the day-to-day effect of fascism historically was mainly the economic uh, on the economic side, where the government, the state, had to have its hands in every pie. It was like, basically, as I, as I said um, a few times, it's like having, fascism is like having a seat, the state having a seat in every boardroom. As a matter of fact, a seat as a chairman of the board of every boardroom of every country in or every company in that country and so this touches this sort of the idea of central planning again is common to all collectivist philosophies uh to include socialism communism and fascism and so i'm going to go on a little bit more um with this chapter just just a little bit um the hallmark of such mentalities is the advocacy of some grand-scale public goal uh, without regard to context, costs, or means. Out of context, such a goal can usually be shown to be desirable. It has to be public become, because the costs are not to be earned but to be expropriated. And the dense patch of venomous fog has to shroud the issue of the means, because the means are to be human lives. And so that is what I think Ayn Rand and I am alluding to when we say, you know, you are not, when we say we're not real to them, that we are just notional beings on some spreadsheet to them. You know, some number that's going to go up and down, and they're looking at uh, the cost of this, or the effect of climate change, or CO2 emissions, or something like that. Uh, All alls that is is yes, you know, basically uh, numbers on a spreadsheet to them. And so the per the person who can't, you know, say go on the vacation or buy. Um, a little extra something for Christmas presents, or whatever they want to do, or um, go see their relatives over Thanksgiving, or whatever, because they're spending more money on utilities such as uh, natural gas, or to uh, replace an aging uh, boiler, or, or heater, or air conditioning unit, or stove in their home. You know, and they they have only. Uh, their choices have been narrowed down to basically electric components in most cases. In some states, that's pretty much all already the case. And so, therefore, you have these neurati- neurotic uh, collectivists concerned with feeling good rather than doing good. And I think that's an important distinction between, uh, in the left in general, is the general is more... The, the, the left is in generally uh, more concerned with feeling good than actually doing good. And so that's another, uh, I would say, a hallmark of the collectivist mentality is that they don't really consider much the second and third order of repercussions or effects on what they're doing. They're only focusing on the surface effects. And so they have a very shallow understanding of what they're doing. You know, say, oh, isn't it great? We're cutting fossil fuel emissions, and therefore, uh, we're adding less CO2 pollutions. They don't understand how that affects the economy, it makes everything more expensive, makes the cost of living for most people more expensive. Makes people have to sacrifice like vacations and travel and maybe some other things for themselves and their family in order to pay for everyday goods, like or everyday things like uh, cooking their meals or heating their homes or cooling their homes. They have to sacrifice some of these things, some of their quality of life, in order to achieve goals that have been set by people oftentimes not even elected by them, okay? Like um, home for example, uh, for the Department of Energy. And so these people, they don't consider the re- repercussions of what they're doing. They only see the very surface things of what they want to do and the effects very shallow at a very shallow level of the effects of what they want to do they don't think well it's going to cost more people are going to have less disposable income and that's going to lower the quality of life and if you know certain cases you know you know because they don't really want ordinary people like you and me to have things like air conditioning they think That that's a, they believe that that is a luxury, even though things like air conditioning and heating probably have saved more lives than anything they've done with regards to any sort of climate change or, you know, they could do their thing with climate change for a 100 years and never have the same effect as the free market economy has uh, in saving lives and allowing people to buy things that they need for themselves at at prices that they can afford. Things like heating and air conditioning and things like that. So I just wanted to wrap things up on this subject, kind of um, just to talk about how you know, extrapolate how this behavior uh, reproduces itself and manifests itself in different ways. And of course, you know here with these regulations, the excuse is climate change. Well, of course, the climate change, um, again, all these new regulations about uh, gas heaters and gas boilers and air conditioning and stuff like that. And also, what kind of car you can drive or not drive, and how far you can go. You know, that is a central tenet. Um, You know, again, getting back to the idea of central planning is a central tenet of such collectivist ideologies such as uh, fascism and communism. Both have, you know, the communists, the Soviet communists in particular, have, famous for having their five-year plan, which was upgraded every year, Um, kind of became like a running joke in the the Soviet Union. It's like, this year's five-year plan. Um, You know, the idea that um, the way to go is through some centralized authority that will rely on experts, not on the judgment of the people, but on the judgment of experts on how you k- should live your, uh, lead your lives. What kind of uh, car you can drive. What you know whether or not you have your thermostat set to seventy-four or eighty, or sixty or sixty-five or. Whatever, or whether you're cooking with gas or oil, what kind of car you can drive, they want to micromanage our lives, and this is not uncommon again. um, Particularly, you know, the idea of a centralized economy is a big thing, of course, with socialism having the state ownership of all the goods and resources, or fascism state control of goods and resources. And so, you know, we know, obviously, from looking at the 20th century in particular, just how well all these socialist uh, initiatives, these collectivist initiatives, uh, have worked. They haven't worked very well, and of course they all depend upon the force of government. And of course, the more they want to micromanage your life, the more force they have to be willing to use. Because sooner or later, someone's going to say no. Sooner or later, they're going to find someone who doesn't want to follow their their five-year plan or their, their plan for their lives. And they're going to say, no, I would rather continue to use my... Uh, gas range thank you very much Um, or I want to continue you know I kind of like to be able to go wherever uh, I want within reason uh, whenever I want and my car ownership or my truck ownership allows me to do these things Um, whereas if you force me to uh, drive an electric vehicle or no vehicle at all, which is really what they want. They want everybody on public transportation, except, of course, for themselves. You know, they will be above that because, of course, you know, it will be so unnecessary for them. You know, they always seem to exempt themselves from their rules. So, again, they never have to feel the pain of any of their decisions Because either they're exempted or they're just, you know, they're at the top of the economic food chain. And so they're the ones, they have the money, they have the economic means where they never uh, suffer the economic consequences of their dictums. You know, we regular people are the ones who have to suffer. Have to weigh whether or not we're going to have a vehicle... Or pay some tax or be able to uh, go wherever we want whenever we want with reason or if we're going to take the easy way out or what you know what the, the regime at the time uh, presents to you as as an alternative the, the easy way out and just let yourself be subjugated And say, okay, I'm just going to follow you. I'm just going to take the bus or the train from now on. And I'm going to be subject to whatever the train schedule is. I'm not going to be able to go when I want, uh, where I want, and go uh, to and from wherever I want. You know, come and go as I please. I'm going to uh, relinquish my control over that portion of my life to some faceless, nameless, bureaucrat who who has decided that I get to take the train and however many times the train goes to where I want to go that's when I can go and when I come back is dictated also by when that train or bus or whatever uh, comes back and so they kind of make it harder and harder for for regular people to decide for themselves what they want now some people you know, might have the means to buy a more fuel fuel efficient stove or a water boiler or whatever or uh, you know electric vehicle if they want and maybe you know they don't really care and they don't care about adding tens of thousands of dollars to their infrastructure Within their home, and uh, you know, upgrading their own homes, you know, electricity to accommodate an EV and all the extra use that that EV has, you know, maybe they, they don't mind, um, but they they confuse their um, their altruism with. Uh, freedom of of choice, or charity, in other words, they they confuse a government force with sensible um, choices. Okay, they don't distinguish between the two because they feel like, well, they they've made that choice, and to them that's the sensible choice, uh, but they don't want to afford you or I with that same choice about how we lead our lives and so that is where you know the source of their confusion they uh don't distinguish force um that coincides with maybe what they want with actual free will and liberty and that is basically the crux of Almost everything we're talking about nowadays when we talk about things like the Great Reset and uh, the World Economic Forum and things like that and uh, Agenda 21 and things of that nature and programs of that nature that want to dictate to the ordinary person what they can or cannot do um, in in their ordinary course of their lives. And so some of us want to retain the authority over ourselves and over our choice and our ability to make choices for ourselves and say, you know, right now, yes, I would love to uh, have a high efficiency heater, but right now I can't afford it. Right now I can only afford this heater and that's the one I have to go to and maybe... You know, as I progress up the economic ranks, maybe later I can, you know, I'd love to have a more efficient uh, heater or stove or air conditioning system or whatever. But right now I have to deal with the economic reality of my current situation. Well, they want to take, you know, the the progressives and the collectivists want to take those choices away from us. And we libertarians and conservatives want to re- retain our ability to make those sort of choices for ourselves and for our loved ones, and so that is a critical distinction between, I guess, us, the the people who believe in liberty and freedom of expression and uh, free will, and those who don't. Those. Uh, common, who commonly we refer to as being on the left, uh, sometimes also known as collectivists. Um, sometimes they manifest that collectivism in the forms of fascism, sometimes in socialism, and sometimes communism. But we can see throughout history that none of those actually ever um, forwards the human condition makes the human condition better only makes it tends to make it worse Um, so that is um, what I am concerned about now um, as I read the articles like the one I just did about um, the government is trying to regulate every appliance in your home and indeed they are Uh, Because they believe they know better than you. A lot of us want to make those decisions for ourselves. But they don't think we are smart enough or capable enough to do that. Or they don't respect our autonomy as human beings. That's more like it. As individuals um, to make that decision. Even if we want to um, just do what's cheaper and... Maybe not what was fuel efficient or whatever. Um, so it's you know rules for me and not for these, What they're all about? We're about something different. We're about freedom of choice, um, the freedom to make our own choices depending upon our circumstances at the time, and not have to listen to some unelected official make choices for us. So I think that's kind of important. hope you think that's important too. And so um, we'll just leave it at that. And it gives us something to think about. This goes really, I think, to the heart of what we're all about, particularly those of us who call ourselves libertarians or conservatives or conservatarians. As the case may be. So. um, We'll think about that. And. uh, Next week. um, We'll get back to more. More news. All right. So I just want to thank all of you now. For watching and or listening. And to remind you. To follow uh, the Liberty online and Liberty Relearned on Facebook and at LR Podcast on Getter and follow Liberty Relearned and the Dystopic Journal on Rumble. And so until then, stay healthy, happy, and free.